0: Good afternoon or morning or, you know, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, wherever you are listening to this, if you are listening to it via podcast. However, we are live on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM, top station on your dial. It's unscripted, the film show. I am Cecilia. Lewis is across from me in the studio. Hello. 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 (laughs) Uh, And Rachel is uh, travelling at the moment. Lucky her.
1: She is. Lucky She's her. Out, out, out and about and uh, looking at some uh, motor cars and some footy ball. Um, Lots of
0: sporty stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, which
0: kind of ties in nicely, actually, because we're going to sp- be speaking about a film called Air, which hmm. is a, a sports story ultimately. So. Is it a sports story, though, or
1: is it a shoe story?
0: Yeah, it's a shoe story. <laughs> You're right. It's a shoe story. I didn't even think about that. It's, it's very... Um, but it, it, basketball shoes I suppose so it's somewhat that but uh yeah so we'll be speaking about that on the show uh, as well as uh, dungeons and Dragons, be
1: bit bit the old D and d D
0: and ds uh, a game I have never played and a game I probably will never play it's it's a very well
1: uh, uh, not really a niche thing. there's a lot of people who do mm. um, role-playing games yeah uh, one of my mates uh mark he has been like a, a DM for, uh, the, for a game that he's been playing with his friends since they were in high school... And Wowza. it's the same story that's just been going on and on and on uh, since since then. And he's the um, I think DM dungeon master. I think that's the, uh, think the, the, the term for term. <laughs> uh, he was running us through like uh, you know some of the story that has has come to pass and these characters that he's created, and um, it was it was full on, and I was just going, if it was a movie, I would watch that movie. Mm. Um, but th- this, that's the thing is that it's uh, people uh, being able to, you know, uh, play these games kind of in their head. Yeah. It's not like you're looking at a screen and uh, you're, you're doing these things. You're actually, like, you're talking about it, and then you know, roll a dice to see whether you achieve your objective and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's kind of one of the areas of um, – geekdom i never really got into because it just seems like such a massive investment of time Um, (laughs) well
0: yes if it's been going on for decades since high school for your friend then that's clearly a um but i guess it's a social thing as well because you you know you obviously do it with people who share that interest so yeah i like the social component to it it's not one of those games that you kind of sit in and and just do yourself and kind of keeps you isolated so Mm. there you go
1: uh, weirdly enough though they used to go to mark's um Apartment in East Perth when he was living there. He lived there for a couple of decades, um, and but now he's moved in with his dad. And because of the the distance, they now do their role playing games virtually. So, oh. actually on like a some Zoom or whatever, like mm. one of those things. And yeah, they're doing it uh, virtually, which is a little bit different. But. We saw uh, we we saw Mark on the weekend because we went to uh, Kat and I decided to have a staycation at Burswood, mm-hmm. and you were very lovely and looked after our uh, our fur babies at home, which was very nice. Which was
0: fun, and we also had our own little staycation, if you like. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, one of the reasons we decided to go last weekend, and I think it was—it was like we were pushing it as far as like weather goes, because mm-hmm. like today, uh, obviously, if you're not in Perth, you wouldn't know, but we got a bit of rain. It got this windy as all heck. It's—it's it's certainly at that turning point of <laughs> the year where it's just going. I'm going to get really screwy now. It is. Um, and so yeah, we were lucky. It was nice and sunny. We could go for a swims, but. Moulin Rouge is playing at Burswood at the moment, uh, which you'd already seen uh, Moulin Rouge. I
0: have, I have,
1: uh, and Kat and I uh, we, we wanted to go and see it and take Mark with us because he's a big fan of the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it's great, mm-hmm. really good, you know, stage production. And uh, you know, I've seen quite a few musicals now, and uh, I was I was very impressed by it, and I think it could be an evergreen kind of musical because. Um, If you've seen the movie Moulin Rouge, which came out, like, at the turn of the century, um, uh, the 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 music there was all stuff from like the uh you know 70s 80s 90s kind of thing mm. um but then the musical still has those songs in there but then there's a lot of songs that are, have been post 2000 as well um and that means that this musical they can like just keep adding mm-hmm. uh songs to it and keeping it even though it's set in the past keep it contemporary yeah uh, which I think is is really amazing, um, but because we'd, Cat uh, and I'd listened to the the soundtrack a lot, we'd like just discovered that there was a Moulin Rouge musical, so we listened to the soundtrack. And when you listen to the soundtrack, there's a lot of uh, medleys of songs. Mm-hmm. And I was going, man, this thing's going to be really medley heavy, and but. <laughs> When you actually go and see the play, see the musical, uh, when you have the 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 talky bits in between, you realise how like you know it, it is following the story of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that they've changed the, uh, the 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 songs, the way they do the songs, and I thought it was really good and, and really really fresh.
0: Yeah, I thought the the set was beautiful i thought that was really wonderful and the you know the addition of the new songs and things like that and i'm quite faithful to the to the film it's a film that i've probably seen the most out of every other film and if i had to give you a rough idea as to how many times i've seen it i would say probably 40 times because it came out in 2001 and I watched it when it first came Mm -hmm. out and then I've probably watched it maybe twice a year for the last 20 years so I would say I've seen it a lot so I'm quite a I guess very faithful to that so for me I felt like the story um, I've got to remember though it was a stage play so for me I felt like the story and the character development was really rushed Mm -hmm. but I've got to remember it is a musical which is very different to a film and even though the the film is a jukebox musical, there's more dialogue and there's more time to set the story up Mm. and that romance between the two characters and this one had to be a little bit more because it is a musical, just music, 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 music. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and I also, and it's interesting because I did have a bit of a bad experience with someone sitting behind me and I have a feeling you have also (laughs) had a bit of an experience with... um, theatre etiquette as well so I had someone who two people who were talking constantly oh no. um, but then also singing every song oh. that was coming on and I don't mind people enjoying a musical or whatnot but I don't want to hear them the entire time singing because i didn't pay to hear them sing i'm sorry but (laughs) i didn't uh i I don't know what kind of experience you had but um sounds like yeah there was something that might have happened with yours as well
1: it was a similar kind of situation (laughs) in that you had people singing and for the love of god don't do that Mm -hmm. just like you're the audience Mm -hmm. your job uh, is to go there and watch the show you are this is like if it was a like a sing-along version of rocky horror go to town you know by all means if it's a normal theater show you sit down you turn your phone off and you just enjoy the show and you Mm -hmm. applaud when applause is required you laugh when laughter is required but you do not join in no people do not want to hear you sing you if you if you if your voice is that great, you would be on the stage, stage. <laughs> um so yeah, that was one issue we had. we had uh yeah people doing that um <laughs> the other issue was an accident um, oh. my my mate mark uh, he uh, they, they had slushies <laughs> like oh. they they're really trying to get the, 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 the party atmosphere going with, with Moulin Rouge so you could get like a a, um, a, a red slushie mm-hmm. which was I think strawberry daiquiri yeah. or you could get a green slushie which was an illusion and that mm-hmm. was such a throwback to the 90s Getting <laughs> get an illusion slushie um, so the, in the first uh, act Mark was like he went and he got us uh, both the strawberry daiquiri one mm-hmm. while well, we waited for Cat to come back and then Cat uh, uh, came back and uh, she said, "I'll have whatever it was." Illusion. She thinks she got an illusion as well. Um, so he went back and came back with two more, and it was like, uh, I said, "What's the other one for?" He goes, "Well, I've only got one flavour. I want them both." So oh, he had he had you two to double park. He, he, that. Yeah, he was double fisting <laughs> slushies in the the first act. <laughs> Um, and then in the second act we went out and he got another slushy uh, The Illusion this one bright green Uh, and then at the Bersall Theatre they got these tables um, that you you pull out and you can put your drinks on stupidest things in the world Uh, so he put Pulls out a table, put his drink on the table. I sit down. He goes to sit down, knocks the table. <laughs> the slushy, like, I don't know how the slushy vanishes. Just, just sort of off the table, right in between my legs. Oh, so no. I'm now sitting with, like... Frozen illusion <laughs> in the crutch.
0: That is not great. Cold uh, yeah. and, um,
1: oh. So so I get up and then Kat's like, just scrape it off the chair. So I get my fan tails, which, because the bag, <laughs> the bottom of the bag, I think, oh, that'll be a good scraper. Scrape <laughs> it off the chair. Uh, and then I realise the, the woman next to, to Mark, there's been no one in the, the her chair. The whole night. Oh. So even though my jeans are now sodden with illusion, <laughs> um, the uh, the chair like I could sit in the dry chair. So I was like, okay, cool. So I, I sat next to her and I said, oh, do you mind if I sit in this chair? The only thing is my, my mate just spilled uh, illusion all over my chair, mm. and she's like, no, no, that's fine. I had two other friends coming because there was another chair that was empty down the way.
0: Oh. I had two other
1: friends I bought tickets for and they didn't turn up.
0: Oh, my goodness. So how rude. I know. So she was probably pleased to have a friend. Well, she Um, she, she
1: had other people beside her. So obviously there was like – you know, six Quite tickets that you bought, and two just didn't turn up. So I said, um, oh, "I hope they're going to pay for it." She goes, "They they are now." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was the, the the other thing was, but that was an accident. So yes. that that wasn't that happens, did, did doesn't not, it? I, I had a you know a wet, sticky crotch for the rest <laughs> of the evening. Did not ruin my experience at all. Um, <laughs> but the at the end of the show, right? They do this thing where, um, like, if you everyone knows the story of on Rouge, right? Yeah. Uh, Satin dies, pretty sad. Mm. Uh, and so, at the end of the show, do this uplifting thing where they, you know, sing more songs, and yeah, you know, it's like la la la. Let's end on a high and blah blah blah. And these women, um, a couple of rows in front of us, they stood up and started dancing. And everyone is like, no, 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 no. sit down. Yeah. We, we want to watch the show. We can't see through you. And so they were mm. dancing. And then when the people were taking a bow, one of these women was taking a bow. What are you doing? Why are you taking a bow? (laughs) The
0: audience doesn't do this. Oh, my goodness. It was Mm. just like,
1: ah. I don't know what's happened with people. There was a point in time where Mm. people could go to a cinema or go to a theatre and realise the the etiquette involved with doing that. Yeah. And I don't know what has happened to the world where people – think they can just do whatever and don't consider that other people have paid a lot of money to be in these places. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that was it didn't didn't destroy the um the, the show or anything like that. It just makes you leave, go, what the hell is wrong with you people?
0: Yeah, it's it's disrespectful. And you know, I was the same. It didn't ruin my experience at all, but you you just kind of yeah, get a bit upset that people can be that disrespectful. Um particularly when they've already been told to be quiet multiple times yeah. or you you know, they've been glared out multiple times and things like that. And they still continue to do it. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting times we live in, I must say. Mm. But um, we might take a small break and um, come back after this and talk about films.
1: You're listening to Unscripted, the film show.
0: Back. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. This is a film. It is released today. 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 Is, is
1: it released finally?
0: And it looked... It's something I missed, but it did have an interesting cast, I must admit. So I was a little bit intrigued by that. But, yeah, interested to see what you think of this film.
1: Well, I saw the trailer and I was like, this looks like fun. Yeah. It looks a ridiculous amount of fun. Yeah. I think Chris Pine in uh, any film uh, just mm-hmm. brings a, a feeling of levity to the film mm-hmm. and this one here, it's, it is what it says on the, on the pack, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you will see Dungeons, you will see <laughs> Dragons um, <laughs> and it's, uh, sub, the, the subtitle is Honour Among Thieves. So the idea of the film is that you've got a, 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 a bunch of thieves uh, Chris Pratt Chris uh, Chris Pine uh, and uh, Michelle Rodriguez so that he plays Edgen and she plays Holger. Um, they they like teamed up with this uh, with this guy uh, who was uh, played by Hugh Grant called Forge and they stole the thing and then uh, they get caught and go to jail <gasps> hey. and um, and so, uh, Hugh Grant's character while they're in jail kind of becomes a, a Lord type person and has his, his realm. And, um, the daughter of, uh, of Chris Pine's Ed, Edgen character, uh, is also kind of becomes his ward because he's in jail. He, her mother's dead. Uh, so he just like becomes an uncle and, and, and takes uh, her under his wing. Um. But when Edgen and Holger get out of uh, out of prison, uh, in it's just a, it's great, really really dramatic and and just just really entertaining way. Um, they they get out, they find out that uh, that Forge is now this uh, hoity-toity, uh, and he is in line with a, uh, a mystic kind of. Bad person uh, who 's kind of helped him along see so it's all it 's not like there 's anything new in this it 's all like similar kind of tropes you've seen before, but you do have really fun actors uh, playing these roles who mm. look like they 're really in- enjoying themselves and and so um, the uh, the the idea is that they've got to you know find the the mystical widget to be able to defeat the bad guy, and you know along the way they're going to run into to dragons and they've got to get across a mystical bridge and do all these kind of things. It's a questing movie because that's what Dungeons and Dragons is. It's a questing game. Um, now apparently, like the thing is with Dungeons and Dragons, because you're you know making up your own characters and those kind of things. There's not a lot of um, uh, like, you know, people they could draw from the game to mm-hmm. put in here to have people go, oh my god, it's that guy. Yeah, but there was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon in the 1980s, and apparently they've got like appearances by some of the characters from there. Cool. Um, so, um, another film of your day, David was saying that uh, like he he played the game, so he saw it on a different kind of level to the way that someone like me who hasn't uh didn't but like i enjoy the heck out of it so mm. if you are a D player i can't imagine how exciting and fun this movie is for you mm. um but yeah it was it was great i just uh you know it's one of those ones where you know if people go i just want to go and see a good fun action-packed movie then i'd be going Dungeons and dragons all the way my friend it is uh it is great fun to go and see.
0: I'm getting kind of Jumanji vibes, which I think is such a fun film as well.
1: Yeah, I could see the the parallels with mm. with, with Jumanji. It's uh um it's, it's like if they said to me, uh, you can watch Lord of the Rings, which is another questing film, or you could watch Dungeons and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons on Among Thieves," I would be definitely going and watching uh, Dungeons and Dragons again. <laughs> and I could see it is a like the kind of thing where You could make other Dungeons & Dragons films Mm -hmm. with entirely different casts. Yeah. And it can be, like, instead of it being thieves in the next one, it could be uh, wizards mm-hmm. or, like, but I think the thing is with most of these games, you generally have, like, a group and the group is made up of, like, a warrior, a wizard, a healer, you know, etc., etc. So, but, I, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you can have a franchise mm-hmm. but you don't have to have the same people in all of the movies. Yeah. So it's kind of clever and I, I hope it'll be successful because, uh, yeah, I could do with, a, you know, more of these uh, Dungeons & Dragons type. Films,
0: yeah, it definitely looks fun. So I think it's something I'll I'll, I'll check out for sure. And um, yeah, I guess even being not a fan, yeah. um, hopefully I'll enjoy it as well. But uh, yeah, so
1: and that is in uh, in theaters uh, as of today. Today, uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend people get out and check it out. And I'm going to give it four lutes. I think a lute, a lute is that that little uh, in, instrument.
0: Thing. Oh yes, yes. Um, I know the one you're talking about, and I can hear it in my head right now—the little sound it makes. Um, there you go. No, that's a that's a great one um, in cinemas as well, because I think the screening was a while ago for that film. Potentially, it was, so uh,
1: it was on uh, the twelfth of March. Got a I very it.
0: very early screening there. Yeah. So, <laughs> but
1: the thing is, the good thing about it is, is I can remember the movie and uh, and recall details. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I'm not going to tell you because that's the fun of going and seeing the film, but. Um, yeah, it was it was really a uh, really great film, and um, it's yeah. And beforehand, before the screening, uh, they had arranged. I think it was Natalie uh, Natalie's movie. Uh, they had arranged for um, Gray. I think it's Gray Power, uh, the local um, like uh, medieval uh, role playing people. Ah, uh, uh, the, the, the live action role play and the, the fighty fighty with the swords. Ah,
0: uh, yes. Oh, is it
1: Great Company? No, Great Company? Grey Company. Grey
0: company. Uh, yes, the, um, what's it called when you do that? Is that LARPing or is it, that something else? Well, it's, it, LARPing is the... Um,
1: uh, LARPing is the...
0: Um, That's like the festivals, is it? it's, yeah.
1: it's, it's live action role play. Now, uh, the Grey Company uh, is a historical reenactment group. So The Great Company is a group based in Perth, West Australia, which puts on displays of historic reenactments focusing on the Dark Ages and medieval times.
0: There you go. There's also a um, medieval festival uh, down in uh, Bailing Up. Uh, which is held every year in August as well, which has been going for many, many, many years. I think almost, oh, I couldn't even tell you how long that's been going. But um, they do like a parade and live music and dancing. And I think they have this big giant dragon thing that they burn at the end of it oh, or wow. something <laughs> crazy like that. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting um, down, yeah, to go and see that down in Bailing Up if anyone likes that kind of medieval stuff as well. I think they do like combat and reenactments and, and things like that as well. Um, yeah, so interesting.
1: I saw another movie as well on Monday um, after uh, finishing up a Birdswood Cat and I said, well, we've got the rest of the day to kill. Um, <laughs> shall we go and see John Wick Four?
0: Yes, yeah. you should go and see John Wick Four.
1: <gasps> so, so we went and uh, and watched John Wick Four, um, which was surprising. It was on a Monday, and it was a. At three o'clock or three forty-five, mm-hmm. and I was honestly expecting us to be the only people in the cinemas because it was in the Lux cinemas at Carousel.
0: Yeah, on a Monday during workouts, strange. Yeah, but
1: no, it was uh, the cinema was fairly packed. Good, that's is, good news, isn't it? It's so weird though. It's like, why aren't you people at work? I know why I'm not at work. <laughs> why aren't <laughs> but, you at work?
0: But they're probably thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah. Well, what do you th- What did you think about it? Anyway,
1: I, I love it because the like the so first first John Wick as we said mm. was my dog's dead. I'm going to kill you all. Yeah. Um. The the second one was I'm getting my car back because it's the only thing I really care about. Uh. The third one was uh, assassins everywhere. Like, yeah, <laughs> you've
0: got to hit out on you, and they're coming out, yeah, and um, yeah.
1: Uh, so it was a, that was just all over the place, just really over the top and just nuts. But this one, I thought, uh, like there were still assassins everywhere, but they, it was a bit more globe hopping, mm-hmm. and they did put a bit more soul into the the storyline. The because story um, uh, I don't know, like um, the Donny Yen character uh, who was Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I didn't know. I I, I didn't know uh, much about his character from the the movie.
0: Was he introduced in the third one, or has he been in? I think I thought he was just new into this no, one. No, I think he, he was he... introduced was in the he? third okay. film, but I can't remember because I know him and John Wick were close in that mm-hmm. third one, for, and then enemies. Well, kind of enemies. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much. But yeah. So
1: he was uh, he was great though. Like the whole blind swordsman thing is always a, a yeah. great great thing. I don't, I don't know if is, is Donnie Yen actually blind or is he just because he played the blind uh, jet, the blind force user in um, uh, in Rogue One as well.
0: Oh, I'm not sure. Let me see. I, I didn't think he was, but um, he very well could be. Um <clears throat>
1: It's just the the, uh, the the fight scenes are just just full on, um, and uh, I just yeah I, I love the way um, that you know things were breaking down in in that world, um, but yeah it 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 is like a way of kind of setting up for new uh, kind of. Spin-off kind of films from the the John Wick series because there's so much they can delve into in that world. Uh, it is a weird world though. There just it seems is. to be you know far too many assassins. Per I capita. know.
0: I'm like, what is with this? Almost everybody is, and it's yeah it's insane but I know that um, Keanu Reeves went through about 12 weeks of uh, training in martial arts and stunt driving uh, to do a lot of the action sequences himself which is insane because the stunt work is awesome and the choreograph like action sequence are so good Uh, because you've got The director is um, Chad Stileski, who is actually a stuntman in real life, so his emphasis is really on that as well, but I didn't realise that Keanu Reeves doesn't actually speak a lot in the John Wick films. It's a lot more fighting Mm. um, that he does, but I also read somewhere, interestingly as well, that um, Stileski, the director, is a huge fan of the film The Warriors, and people who have seen, obviously, The Warriors and then this film will pick up that correlation with the, you know, the lady who's on the radio and she does yeah. the whole, J- that's a very Warriors thing. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, that's um, really, because I remember seeing it for the first time and going, oh, that's like The Warriors. So, I, I like that little homage in there as well. So... Um, but yeah, you're right, it's interesting to see where it goes because I think Chapter 5 is already in the works. And, oh, um, really?
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: and a spin-off called the, the Ballerina is also in, I think, post-production potentially. So who is
1: The Ballerina, though?
0: So The Ballerina, I think, was a character that was potentially referenced in the third film, which delved more into the origin of these elite assassin or this elite assassin group of people and what it's all about so yeah i have a feeling that's gonna delve more into the origin stories of this particular group of yeah people where they seem to be located all throughout the world and and things like that but look I'm all about uh, all about the action. And there's been some really... I don't know if you've seen those really funny memes that have popped up on uh, Facebook about John Wick. They're, like, just pictures of things that happen. So, like, there's a guy falling down the stairs. <laughs> there's a dog peeing. And, like, they're all things that happen in John Wick. Yeah. But they're not John Wick pictures. They're just <laughs> random pictures, which you kind of get when you see them. They're really, really funny. So, um but yeah, it's it's long, but a
1: lot of fun. I think. Yeah, so. I think uh, Bill Skarsgård. He he certainly uh, created another evil character. He's so he's, good
0: at being evil. He's really just
1: <laughs> oh, he's doing a great job of being evil. But no, I, I thought it was great. It was. Um, kind of sad to see uh, Lance Riddick um you know, it was great to see him in a movie sad to see know that 's the last time we 'll see him in a yeah. film um, but uh, we cat and I stayed at the very end of the uh, the, the film there is a post credit scene um at the end, and then there is a, a little um thing comes up to dedicate the film to Lance Riddick as well
0: ah oh, very good one
1: of the uh, one of the real benefits of um digital cinema is that they can just go, uh, we've updated this, here's your new version and they can just send it out to everyone.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think if I stayed to the post-credit or not. I don't think I did.
1: That's quite, oh, fair. I'll tell you what the scene is.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I did. We <laughs> might take a break then and then you can tell me off, um, off air. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We are back from our short break there. Um... I don't know about you, Lewis, but I love a good sports documentary. I don't know. Have you ever heard about Untold, which is a series of um, kind of sports docos on on Netflix, which kind of go into – they cover kind of these unique and very less-known sports stories, and some of them are like scandals and some of them are, you know, they cover football, basketball and more – it's it's really fascinating stuff. I've seen a few of them. There was uh, an episode called uh, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, mm. which was about this really promising football player who kind of had this online relationship with uh, a girl that didn't exist oh. and how that spanned out. But there's also stories about things that are happening, um, you know, within sports and um things like that it was a interesting one on a referee who was kind of involved in this betting scandal he was a referee but somehow had some inside knowledge as to how the games were going to play out and things like oh, that yeah. so he was able to get people involved really fascinating stuff but the reason i talk about it is because we're going to talk about a film called air which is uh, directed by ben affleck and it's a bit of a well we say sports drama but you know more of a drama which focuses on these you know deals surrounding Nike scout um, Sonny Vaccaro played by Matt Damon and his kind of dream is to sign basketball star uh, Michael Jordan to his own shoe line which is the birth of Air Jordans Uh, but it's really fascinating it goes into the logistics of this deal and how it all comes about because at the same time nike obviously was competing with converse and adidas who were big massive uh shoe companies as well and they all offer these you know scholarship type um agreements where they pull promising young players and give them um they sign them up and you know, kind of sponsor them for a set number of years, and obviously, as part of that, they wear their shoes and promote okay. the shoes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We know that that story, but this is set in the eighties, mm. I believe, and uh, I didn't really know a lot about it. I know I seen King Richard a few years ago, which is the story of the. Um, uh, Serena and Venus Williams <laughs> tennis players, and there was some deals involved in that as well but it 's such fascinating stuff
1: it 's so weird though that you got like with the um, the sports thing mm. where these players are signed to a particular team, and so those teams are paying them x amount of dollars per year to to play the game. But then they're getting other sponsorship deals outside of the, the team for wearing shoes and stuff like that. Um, which seems really, really odd. Like mm. you would think that the the team would have it like set up going, right, we're a Nike team. Yep. So everyone wears Nike. Yes. Uh, we're we're an Adidas team, everyone wears Adidas. Yep. We're a converse team. So you would think that would be the case, but mm. it's not the case that these these players get to, you know, make this, you know, additional money on the side. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was kind of like, we'll give you 100 grand a year, wear our shoes. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever the, that player is seen, they're seen wearing Nike or Converse or um, Adidas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Nike, because you, you think these days about basketball shoes, and Nike is the first thing that comes to mind because yeah. of how successful Air Jordans have been. Um, I remember back in the day, I'd, I think it was Reebok. Uh, Reebok did a, a shoe called the Pump
0: ah that, that, yeah the, i the, think so yeah like
1: yeah a little basketball on the uh, yeah the, the uh, tongue of the the shoe and you'd you'd pump that up and i just don't know what it would do don't i honestly don't know but it looked cool um but yeah the jordan thing because i you know obviously was around in the 80s mm-hmm. but i didn't know about air jordans until like the 90s and um i don't know maybe i just had my head in the sand mm. but um yeah i didn't, didn't uh realize it and um the the idea of converse, you know, because to be converse are those canvasy kind of shoes. I can't believe people would play anything in that in those shoes because they're so uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, weird, isn't it? Because you you don't think of them as a sports shoe, but they they were for. a for a really long time now, people just wear them more as a kind of um, fashion statement, don't yeah. they? but um, I, I, I yeah. wore a, I
1: wore a lot, but uh, then I had to stop wearing them because my, my feet just got knackered. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the film. So the film starts where uh, Adidas is number one. Is Adidas number one? Converse number two? I think it was.
0: I think Converse. It was Converse,
1: Converse and then yeah, yeah, and then uh, real far behind is Nike, mm. um, and. They're you know they've got their team of uh, you know basketball people because they they're more focused on track and field and being the, the running shoe and not the basketball shoe. Uh, but then uh, you've got Sonny Vaccaro and he's just like the basketball guy. This guy and the, the the film sets him up nicely, knowing this is a guy who likes to <clears throat> take risks yeah. and knows that like you, if you don't risk, then you're not going to get that reward. Mm-hmm. And so. They're trying to go after the top draft picks mm-hmm. of the year to try and get them into Nikes because they know that that'll have a flow on effect to sales.
0: Yeah, like a kind of endorsement deal yeah. type scenario, but... Helping them out as well with that scholarship type thing, yeah. yeah. Help yep.
1: us, help you, help us. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> make money. Help <laughs> us make money. <laughs> so,
1: so he's he's out there, and and they have this meeting where it's kind of like, okay, here's the three top guys, of which Michael Jordan was one of them, mm-hmm. and they're going, right, we've got. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. How are we going to spend this money? Um, and if we can't get these guys, who on these lower tiers should we go after to give them like fifty grand, a hundred grand, and get them to wear our shoes? Mm-hmm. And Sonny's just kind of like, "This is, this is terrible. <laughs> like, this is not the way. We, 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 if we keep doing this, we're just going to keep going more further and further backwards. You know, Adidas and Converse will keep kicking our butts. Yeah. And so he's like, "Nah, nah, all." all on black yeah like and the the film makes it very clear about this guy being a bit of a gambling mentality mm-hmm. and he is like literally all on uh all on black and so he said no nah, michael jordan is where it's at michael jordan's who we need uh we don't need to uh you know go to three people we go to one we give him everything mm-hmm. And we don't just give them everything, but we design a shoe around them. And his ideas, like, were kind of you know revolutionary. Um, it was you know bucking the trend of the white basketball shoe. Yeah, it was. Um, it's it's really cool. And to you know this this is an interesting story, but I don't think you would have had it, you would end up with as good a film if you didn't have. Uh, a brilliant director in Ben Affleck and then an amazing cast that's backing him up. And if you want to have a good award-winning kind of movie, Mm -hmm. then you put Ben Affleck and you put Matt Damon in it. You
0: do, you do. And then you throw in Jason Bateman sorry, and Chris Messina um, as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, because Chris plays the agent to Michael Jordan and he is like, you know, the – He's just the the most y agent you're ever gonna see. <laughs> he on really screen. is. Yeah, <laughs> um, he, he's brilliant. Um, Jason Bateman is the the marketing guy at Nike, um, and very very much. If you've ever dealt with marketing people, you can certainly say he's done his <laughs> research. Ben Affleck plays Phil Knight, who's the CEO of of Nike, and he was just so eighties. <laughs> <laughs> he was very
0: eighties. I loved
1: it. <laughs> oh, he was great. Uh, Viola Davis plays Dolores <laughs> Jordan. Yeah. You know, Viola Davis is brilliant in every role she plays but like playing playing the mother of Michael Jordan who was so uh, integral to mm. to his career and to, to where, where he got to uh and is so integral to this deal. Uh it's just it's just amazing to watch. And, and
0: most of that conversation happens through his mother too. She's such an important part to this story mm. because we don't actually really we don't see I don't think we ever see Michael Jordan's face. We see the back of his head we know he's there in certain scenarios but um his mother does most of the talking and the deal making in this for him and i don't know if that's true to true to life or i would imagine it would have been because he would have been so young Mm, when he initially mm. took that deal but um yeah
1: but yeah he he, it was great not having michael jordan in the story i agree because the story Is nothing to do with Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's to do with the deal, mm-hmm. and this is all about how they managed to do the deal and uh, how many facets were involved in it. Because uh, you also had uh, Chris Tucker playing Howard White, mm-hmm. and he was kind of uh, you know a former basketball player. He's also African American as well, so he was integral to you know getting uh, you know them to the table and you know coming coming up with a deal. Um, Matthew Mayher plays Peter Moore, who's the guy that actually designed the original Air Jordan shoe. And like to see this guy who's just got a love of shoes mm. um, and getting to finally make the, the basketball shoe he wanted to was really, really cool to see that. Um, there's another Skarsgård in this film as well, uh, Gustav Skarsgård. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, they're just all over the place, really. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really, a really great film. Like the just, I, I can't, I can't fault it. I mean, mm. I'm not a sports, if it was a film about wrestling, I mean, but I'm not really a sports person, but mm. if you can make a, uh, a sports movie or a movie about shoe compelling to me, then you've done something right. Yeah. So I, I was just, uh, I thought it was very, very cool.
0: And, yeah. and the, in this deal in particular also paved the way for some really game changing stuff following... Um, this in terms of sports endorsements and how um, players or sports people were given, um, you know, a percentage of revenue for particular things sold. So it kind of changed the way for how things uh, went. But, um, yeah, interesting in terms of there's some figures that are kind of pointed at the end as to how much um, money (laughs) those shoes have made and uh, it's it's a phenomenal amount but I won't go into that too much because it's just... um, crazy but uh yeah it was in I loved seeing behind the scenes of this I really loved um Sonny as a character I think like for him to be so you know involved in that and I think Matt Damon did such a great great you know role and I think uh again Ben Affleck fantastic you know I really loved what he did with Argo and I had no doubt that this wasn't you know I knew this Mm. was going to be good knowing that he directed it uh and awesome soundtrack. Full of eighties oh, yeah, music. Yeah. Just full of eighties music, which it just made you feel a bit more like you were there in the eighties, which I loved.
1: I did I did like in the the film at the start of it, they were showing a lot of uh iconic eighties imagery. Yeah. Um, at the very start, and then they went into some grainy 80s kind of like looking footage mm. uh, of uh, Sonny at a, a basketball game because he spent a lot of time going to a college basketball and watching that to, you know, see who they're going to, you know, yeah. give their money to. Um, and, but the thing was, I liked about it was they went, okay, here's grainy 80s footage. Now here's nice, clear, uh, yeah. you know, 2023 footage. <laughs> like, it's that's what you need to do. Not like in, um, uh, that film um, probably wipe it from my memory that we saw earlier this year um, <laughs> I wiped it from my the, memory the one with Brad Pitt and uh, the, the the Hollywood film where it was, oh Babylon uh, Babylon yeah mm. that one where they had the grainy footage the whole way through
0: to try and represent that yeah. era where it, was it just, just didn't a, work it's just mm. annoying
1: it's like don't like, do this. Go, here, represent the era. Now, here's clear footage. Yeah, yeah. because
0: we're not stupid. No. We know when we're watching it that this is representing this era. We exactly. don't want to sit here and watch. See, I haven't seen that film yet, so um, maybe I'll avoid it. It's very long. Yeah, so. it is very long. And it's terrible. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it,
1: th- this film doesn't right. It's like, you know, mm. introduce us to the era and then move on to the nice, clean, crisp, you know, yep. footage that we want to see on the big screen yep.
0: we know where we are you know you can tell by the fashion you can tell by the music yeah. you can tell by all of that and the haircuts too
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, I, i'm gonna give air um five reebok pumps and not because they're in the film just because i reckon they they're a much cooler looking shoe than the jordans and apparently you can still buy them
0: they're pretty cool <laughs> They're pretty cool.
1: I'm, I'm going to give myself a pair of Reebok pumps. Gonna, do that, that, it. I'm treat gonna, yourself. I'm going to treat myself to some Reebok you pumps. Do and you do that. Whenever, whenever I like get, get ready to do something, I'm just going to bend over and just go pump, 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 pump. <laughs> and then I'm good to go. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> I am going to score this at five – oh, phones in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Phones in a car. I absolutely loved the dialogue between um, Matt Damon and Chris Messina um, throughout that film. It was hilarious. They have a real like, love-hate or had a love-hate relationship and were just bagging each other out the entire time. But um, great film. It's in cinemas uh, next week. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in the story of Michael Jordan's uh contract i guess with nike but more about nike yeah and and that then yeah go and see it some great acting and performances and well directed so very good well we'll be back after this you're listening to unscripted the film show we've covered a little bit of everything uh theater sports gaming on tonight's show have, all in yeah. film i say except for moulin rouge which was actually theater <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh Oh, I just I saw um, uh, Rocky Horror, uh, the fiftieth anniversary uh, musical, is coming to Perth uh, at the end of the year.
0: This is very, very exciting news. Very exciting.
1: Now that one, I am sure that they, they will allow you to sing along to Time Warp and stuff like that. Surely, but uh, yeah, yeah um, but yeah, so that, that'll be that'll be very interesting. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, now, uh, tv wise, mm. uh, we're I are coming to the end of uh, Shit's Creek. Ah. Um, which is cool and uh, I I've enjoyed the ride and it's been uh, interesting to see how the characters have evolved yes. over the 6 se- six seasons of it um and all except Moira Moira seems to be the one, <laughs> the one that kind of like you know stayed the course and was always I want to get out of here I want to get out of here she did yeah whereas um I think that all of the rest of the uh uh the the, the family the Rose family uh, kind of you know found their their, their feet within Shitt's Creek
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but no, it was, it was, it's been good I've, I've got a few more episodes to go but um yeah very very enjoyable
0: I do wish I could go back and you know experience for the first time uh Again, but it might just be time to re-watch it or I might wait a little bit longer and re-watch it. Um, but yes, no, I, I very much loved Schitt's Creek and uh, you also introduced me to The Reluctant Traveller <laughs> with Eugene Levy uh, last week, which I have... Uh, Actually, finished. I think there's nine episodes or eight episodes. Oh, you got through them all. Got through them all. Wow. That's how much I enjoyed it. And I think, like Eugene Levy, I'm very much a bit of a reluctant traveler. I don't like, <laughs> you know, as much as I love seeing the world, I don't necessarily like sleeping in random places Mm -hmm. i don't like living out of a suitcase i don't like trying new food (laughs) so i kind of appreciated this and i felt like yeah i can understand where you're coming from eugene levy (laughs) um if it's too cold i'm not comfortable if it's too hot guess what i'm not comfortable so very much the same but i um had an absolute blast with this seeing eugene levy Kind of go to these unique places and try different things. I think he's a real character and it's, um, yeah, really enjoyable watching him, um, yeah, do certain things. So, yeah, great series, Ooh. which is on Apple TV now. And um, I hope we get to see more.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there will be more. He just, he's like the, when you watch Travel Man with Richard Ayawati, um, it was just he was so kind of sardonic about the places he went, and you get a similar kind of experience with um, uh, Eugene Levy. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's a it's a really great show. Um, it, but the thing is, like when you saw Travel Man, he was going to these places and staying. Some of the hotels he was staying in were quite upmarket, mm-hmm. but most of them were kind of affordable. You could see yourself going and staying in yourself. Yes. Where the ones that Eugene Levy Levy is staying in. They're they're like take out a mortgage kinda of thing to go they're insane,
0: and, aren't they? Yeah. They're like the, the top of the top. Um type ones particular that one in finland was amazing with the all the glass where mm. you can kind of witness the northern lights But surely but, that
1: can't be too expensive like compared I mean, to some of the other ones you stayed in
0: yeah that's true like the one in um tokyo and mm. um other places but yeah no it's it's phenomenal it kind of gives you yeah, a bit of an insight to to the um yeah w- what you're missing out on because i pretty much stay in pretty standard yeah. <laughs> hotel rooms so I, I i clearly not um yeah i need to get out and and do some more travelling. But
1: I think I think like if you're going to go to those kind of places and stay in those kind of hotel rooms that is the destination is to go to those places mm-hmm. and just you know you would if you were to go um to that one that was in the middle of the desert oh, you goodness. you would just be there spending the whole day there and then move on the next day. I wouldn't yeah. think you'd spend more than a night there, can't kind of they?
0: Probably not. No. Um
1: The one in Africa, which was a train, so it was like a a whole train on a, uh, like, train track on a bridge. So it used to be a a functioning railway, and now it is just a, a train that is always there. And... You know, uh, to either side of you, there is just sheer drops down oh, to, gosh. to to nothing, <laughs> um, and it's it looked amazing. Like that would be that would be really cool to to stay at that one, yeah. um, and. Uh, the, there was um, the one on the island. I don't think I'd ever go to the island one because I think that would be very expensive.
0: The one in the Maldives, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The Maldives looks beautiful, but I think I feel like everything about the Maldives is, ex- is expensive. Yeah. Just it looks expensive, but looks beautiful. But yeah, no, because it was kind of submerged half in water, mm, mm. which looked phenomenal. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of him just going around and trying these fancy hotels. Yeah. I mean, that's. In itself, a show, really, but uh, well, that yeah, that was
1: what the original show was supposed to be. Oh, because,
0: no way, yeah.
1: So, the original show was him supposed to be going around the world, staying in these hotels, pretty much just a travelogue of the hotel. Ah. He went in with the, to, the producers to take the meeting with no intention of doing it. Um, <laughs> He went in there just going, look, I'm the wrong man. Yep. I don't like travelling. The whole, if it's cold, I'm uncomfortable. If it's hot, I'm uncomfortable. Those yep. The spiel he does at the beginning of the show is basically what he told these producers. The producer went, hang on, hang on a second. That's a show. Sorry. The Reluctant mm-hmm. Traveller. And so that's where the, the, the concept came from. So, I like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. So definitely watch uh, Shits Creek on Netflix. Watch uh, The Reluctant Traveller on Apple TV. Um, Ted Lasso is. Uh, is it like Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso? Whatever. Ted yeah.
0: Well,
1: Ted, yeah. Teddy, Teddy. Um, <laughs> that's back on. I think that's up to the third episode last night. Uh, Mandalorians up to four or five. It's going on. Awesome guns. So I, I hate to be jumping from streaming services and make people go, "Oh, I'm going to get this now. I'm going to get this now." But yeah, unfortunately, there's so
0: there, much out there. There's
1: some good stuff happening. There good is. Stuff.
0: I need something new to watch, though. I um, did you watch Shrinking on uh, Apple TV? I didn't know. Oh. Maybe I'll give that a go. Um, that does sound interesting to me. So I need to find something new to watch and um, I've got that kind of, you know when you watch something and you kind of get the post-blues because you've got nothing left to watch <laughs> and you feel like your life is over. Because, oh, no. no, I'm just kidding. I just find it difficult to find things that um, I, I enjoy to watch but I'm also really conscious of trying not to spend too much time mm. watching things, um, trying to do, you know, reading. and But I, it's hard, isn't it? We I'm, work so hard. Yeah.
1: I, one of the things about staying in the hotel mm. uh, was that, like, we didn't um, have – we couldn't stream to the TV or anything like that. Oh, so You had I, to watch
0: what
1: was on. I didn't watch anything on the TV. Uh, I read. I, I read yeah. um, my comics on my iPad and I read my, my Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. And that was great. So I'm, I'm bang up for more connected for the tv and more yep. reading yeah
0: yeah no,
1: except for this weekend because it's wrestlemania weekend so it is
0: wrestlemania weekend um that will be very interesting so i'm sure we'll um yeah i, I plan to watch a bit of that and i know you'll definitely be i watching, will be watching i'll
1: be um, i'm watching day one on sunday mm-hmm. uh, and then trying to catch up with day two sometime on monday night
0: exactly <laughs> well we will be back next week talking about more films wrestlemania what we're watching etc etc we'll see you then bye, bye. <coughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.